This is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Today's discourse looks at the phrase, it's not my problem. World events have shown consistently and tragically that for many still, until the issue, until the tragedy, until the problem, until the catastrophe befalls the individual, the individual believes it has nothing to do with them. It could never happen to them. It's not their responsibility. It's not my problem. So we turn off our TV screens, switch off the radio, do not engage with the news. When we hear stories that we simply cannot relate to or stories that we feel are so out of our remit that they couldn't possibly happen to us. We see people begging for food, begging for money. We see bodies buried under rubble. We hear the screams and the cries of others and we say, well, it's not my problem. It's not my country, it's not my problem. It's never gonna happen to me. Because for some reason we feel that we are better than or we live in a society that is better than or our religion is better, our language is better, our education is better, whatever that even means. Who knows what better means? We see faces we don't recognise. We hear voices we don't understand or languages that we don't have an affinity with. And we take no time to educate ourselves on different cultures. We believe that somehow our culture, our government, our way of being, our life, our world, our family is better. That we will never be that struggling individual begging for money on the streets. That we will never be in a war zone. That we will never be brutalised. It could never happen to me. I'm above these things because tick as appropriate. I'm educated, I come from this family, I have this amount of money in my bank, I look like this, I live in this part of the world. It's staggering that so many still operate under such an illusion. It seems we have learned nothing from instances like lockdown that showed us that tonight, tomorrow, today, the world can stop and turn on an axis. That everything that we have known can suddenly end. It wasn't very long ago that people were fighting each other over toilet roll in shops. That people were crying over the fact that they couldn't get milk or tea bags or bread, or eggs from their local shop. It wasn't very long ago that so many were dismayed. This can't possibly be happening. I live in a civilised part of the world. I live in a democracy. This can't be happening to me. I have money in the bank. But what happens when the money in the bank disappears? What happens when you can't access the money in your bank because all the banks 
have shut down. Closed, dissolved, liquidated. This could never happen to me. I live in a democracy. What happens when you don't live in a democracy? What happens if tomorrow martial law comes in? Oh, this could never happen to me. I'm well educated. What use is your education when you're foraging around looking for food? When you're trying to find shelter from bombs, from natural disaster? We live a breath away from our entire lives turning upside down. We live a breath away, a choice away, one bad decision away, one turn of bad luck away from our whole lives turning upside down. Often people believe that they will never get sick, that they'll never lose their house, they'll never lose money, they'll never lose that relationship because they're doing everything that logically means that could never happen. Oh, I eat this food, I go to the gym, I'm vegan, I was educated in this place, this is what my family's like, this is what my wage bracket is like, and so on and so forth. But truly, that doesn't mean anything. Because everything can turn on its head instantly. Perfectly healthy people have horrific things happen to them. Freak accidents, viruses, no explanation illnesses. Perfectly happy couples find their lives suddenly ripped apart. Perfectly wealthy people suddenly have all their wealth disappear. And yet we still haven't learnt humility. We still say it's not my problem when others suffer. What we are seeing in the world is that the more that we do that, the greater the suffering will become. We cannot live in a world where we compartmentalise pain and suffering, where we dish it out, we throw it almost to those that we feel are deserving of suffering. And while we hoard all the comfort, all the security, all the stability, we have an imbalance in our world. There are those that are going through extreme pain and suffering and there are those that are completely oblivious to any of it as they live in a bubble of security and wealth. This is an imbalance. We are not meant to live in imbalance. The world was not created on a basis of imbalance. Our seasons are not based on imbalance. We are out of whack, out of tilter kilter. We're on the wrong axis and we're hurtling towards a terrifying reality if we don't wake up, if we don't start to experience humanity and compassion and empathy at a core level, on an individual level. The suffering will continue, the trials will continue, the freak natural disasters will continue. The strange occurrences within governments will continue. The eradication of our freedoms will continue until we finally say it is my problem. That homeless person on the street is my problem. That person who was abused is my problem. That community suffering on the other side of the world, whose language I cannot understand, is my problem because they are 
my family. They are my brother and sister. We are one. Bullshit spirituality says we are all one. And people buy into that when they go to their yoga classes and they eat their vegan cheese and vegan yogurts and play with their mala beads and listen to some mantras and go to a five rhythms class. But the true understanding of we are one does not translate when it's brown people being blown to bits on the other side of the world or it's cultures that we don't understand or even like, traditions that we don't understand or even like. We don't have to like the traditions and the cultures of others. We don't have to want to take them on, but we can respect them. We can say this is different, but I respect your choice. But what we can do is respect the human, the soul. Every human, every soul, every individual has hopes and dreams, has desires, have things that unite us, has their favorite food, their favorite color, their favorite piece of music, falls in love, hates, is jealous, laughs, is silly, is angry, is creative. And yet we don't see this. We don't see that when we look at someone who is different to us in some way. And that polarity is getting bigger and bigger. And no wonder we have so many who feel isolated and alone. No wonder more and more people take to social media, lose themselves in virtual reality and box sets. And this virtual world, because the real world, the world in which we are existing, is disintegrating, is dying, is at war, is crumbling, is a horrible place of pain. And we can run away from that and choose to ignore it and choose to say it's not my problem and choose to throw ourselves into fantasy. Or we can do something to make the world a better place. We can have compassion for a start. We can educate ourselves. If there's a culture or a tradition or a language or a way of being or a peoples that we don't understand, why not educate ourselves? Why not try and understand better? If there is a part of the world that is going through something that we can't understand, why not educate ourselves on the history of that place? How did this happen? How did this come about? What created the situation in the first place? If we were to educate ourselves, we would see that it is a small minority that has created the turmoil in the world that the vast majority experience. And that it is untrue to say that it is not our problem because tomorrow that problem can come knocking at your door. When brown people get blown to bits on the other side of the world, people say it's not my problem. But when it starts to affect fuel and gas prices, it is their problem. When it starts to affect import and export, it is their problem. When they can't get their toilet roll or their avocados or their olives or their favorite bread, it is their problem. This is what people fail to understand. When you can no longer get your favorite brands, your favorite makeup, your favorite alcohol, your favorite soap. When you're sitting in darkness, when there's no electricity, when there's no running water, it is your problem. And why did that problem happen? Because people on the other side of the world were getting bombed to bits. And you forgot how interconnected we all are. How every country has a richness, a vastness to it. 
It has resources, and if we all share resources, we can live peacefully with each other. But we're not sharing resources. We're stealing resources. We're not looking out for our brother or sister. We're stabbing him in the back or in the face to get what we want. We have become a brutalised, selfish, ignorant, arrogant world. If Christ were to return today, would he really want to save any of the souls that are on this planet? How many are truly doing God's work? How many are truly being of service? How many are truly humble in their hearts? How many have a spiritual practice? How many have a spiritual belief? How many have a belief in anything beyond television, alcohol, drugs, consuming an addiction? What have we become? We spend our lives glued to phones and laptops and television screens. We spend our lives consuming. We spend our lives competing. People walk down the street filming themselves on things called selfie sticks so they can post a fake image of themselves on social media to get likes from strangers. For what? What does any of this mean in the grand scheme of things? As I've said before, teachers have said, live every day as if it's your last. If today was your last day on this planet and there came a time of reckoning, a time of answering for your life, what would you have to show for it? Some likes on social media, a load of money in the bank, a lot of toilet rolls in your bathroom. What would you have to show for it? In Egyptian spirituality, they say that at your time of judgment, your heart will be weighed against a feather to see which is lighter. Did you pass with a heavy or a light heart? Meaning, is your heart heavy with resentment, anger, grief, frustration, greed? Or is your heart light, filled with the light of God's spirit universe, filled with love, filled with joy? When we look at the world today, it seems that many would pass with a heavy heart, a heart of greed, anger, resentment, jealousy. We're so overstimulated that we can't help but be jealous. Whereas before, you would only really know what was happening in, those, in the lives of those around you, your neighbours, your family, your friends. Now we know what's happening in the lives of millions, and it means we care less, and we envy more. It means, paradoxically, bizarrely, we have less compassion. And yet we feel that we know more. We grieve when a celebrity dies, as if it was a member of our own family. But we don't grieve when thousands and millions of others die in bombings, in tragedies, in wars. We say, it's not my problem. How come the death of a celebrity is our problem. Yet the death of children and mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters is not our problem. It's nonsensical. Social media and technology initially brought us together. It made us feel closer. When social media first became a thing, it was a way to connect with friends and family from around the world. You could post photos of where you'd been on holiday. You could connect with those without having to pick up a phone or write a letter. It was speedy. 
It meant something. And over time, it quickly became a way of selling, a way of marketing, a way of mind control, and now a way of destruction. It can be used for good, like anything, and is often used for bad. There is no such thing as it's not my problem because tomorrow, today, this very minute, it can become your problem. And the fact that we cannot understand that our lives can instantly change in any given moment is nonsensical, is foolish, is idiotic. How can we not understand that tomorrow, God forbid, someone could cross the road and have an accident and lose their ability to walk, to speak, to eat, to see, to hear, to think, to function. How can we not think that that is never going to happen to us? How can we not think that tomorrow the world that we know may simply fall apart, that businesses may close, that banks may dissolve, that fuel may go? How can we not think this? How can we think that we're infinite? How do we believe that somehow these resources are not finite? What are we consuming that makes us this foolish? Do we truly believe that we have become gods? Fake spirituality that teaches teaches us about manifestation and calling on this spirit guide and doing that spell and doing this ritual has taken the truism of spirituality, of religion, and taken it to the darkness Because we do these things, we manifest, we bring on earth, we bring into fruition in partnership with God's spirit universe. But only when we have a clean heart, only when our intentions are pure, only when it's to be of service, not when it's for selfish needs. But we've forgotten that, we've ignored that, we don't consume that. We're now told you can manifest this in 30 days. You can manifest this in five days. Do this spell and you'll get this. And so that makes us feel that we are gods. We can have anything we want, that our country can have anything it wants. Because somehow we are superpowers, we are superhuman. And we consume images, we consume uh, stories that feed us even more of that fallacy of the superhero. The majority of our stories now, what we watch on our screens is CGI, it's green screen, it's not even real. It's edited on a computer somewhere. It's all fake. The majority of what we listen to has been synthesized. It's fake. The majority of the food that we consume has been made in a laboratory or filled with chemicals. It's fake. We are surrounded by a lack of authenticity and it is making us robotic, dead, heart dead, soul dead beings, barely alive, barely functioning, barely human. What differentiates us between robots or zombies or any of those other things that we've seen in stories what differentiates the human is the heart we've seen this in our stories over the years 
the story of the redeemed monster, the Frankenstein, the vampires, the Draculas. There's somewhere deep within them is a heart, a burning heart, a soul. And the moment that soul feels love, feels pain, feels compassion, they can no longer carry out their dastardly deeds, their ghastly ways, because they feel, because they have compassion, because their heart has been awoken. They've become human. The stories of Pinocchio, the puppet boy that wanted to be human. We have these stories for a reason. That there is something in humanity, in being human, that is about being touched by another. Touched by their pain, touched by their joy, touched by their creativity, by their inspiration. Not jealous of, not looking to destroy, not competing with, not judging. Touched by, inspired by, elevated by. We become better, we become greater beings. But we could never be God and we shouldn't be seeking to be gods. We fed ourselves so many comic books and fantastical tales and stories. This is what we go and see in cinemas now, that we believe it. We believe that we're all superheroes, that we can be superheroes, that we can be superhuman. We'll get an IV drip here and we'll go on a retreat there and we'll do this mantra here and we'll be superhuman. But it can't last and it won't last. And what the superhuman does is destroy the world. And we have this in our stories. We have this in our ancient myths and legends. Midas that turned everything to gold suffered. It cannot last. The God in human form suffers, wants to be human, wants to make mistakes, wants to feel. We are but human. And part of being human is having the capacity and the ability to feel, to empathize, to say, this is my problem. Someone is suffering, this is my problem, because it could be me. It could be my mother or my brother or my sister, my father, my best friend, my partner, my lover. It could be me. It's funny how we can say it could be me when it comes to being millionaires, superstars and celebrities, but we don't say that when we see people buried under rubble, bombed to bits. We say, that's not me, it's not my problem, it's never going to happen to me. That's because they're a different religion, different culture, a different colour. It's not going to happen to me. I'm not like that. And yet we think that tomorrow we can be millionaires and superstars and pop stars and movie stars. Why do we think that? Because that's not going to happen to you either. Not really. And so we have millions of people trying to be that, thinking that tomorrow if they manifest and read this book and go to that party and dress like this, they're going to get discovered and their whole lives will change. Because that's the lie that we've been fed. Those people that we have made gods, celebrities and movie stars and pop stars, they sold their souls to get there. It's an open secret. You don't get there through luck or manifestation techniques or by doing a mantra or going to a yoga class. They got there because they did some pretty disgusting things in order to get there. They did what they had to do. That's how these industries work and we all know that. To get into positions of power, you don't get into positions of power 
by manifesting from a book. You get into positions of power because you know the right people, you do the right things, you don't speak up too much, and you play the game. And the sooner we learn this, the sooner we will come to realize that the people we are worshipping, the lifestyles we are worshipping, and thinking that this is what we want to aspire to, are not based on godly, sacred principles. They are based on perversions. That's not to say that that's how it always was. That's to say that's how it's become. That's not to say that you can't work hard and achieve and succeed. That's to say that it's becoming harder and harder to do that in our current landscape. And why? Because the shadow is strong. And why? Because we've given our power over to the shadow. And why? Because we will do anything to have that money in the bank, to have that fame, to have that car, to have that house, to have that lifestyle that we think will give us everything we've ever wanted. When if only we could devote our lives to being of service in this world, to doing good, to making others happy, we would find so much more fulfillment. And that hunger within us would be satisfied. No well-adjusted, happy, fulfilled individual walks down the street filming themselves and posts it on social media for likes. Of course not. No well-adjusted, satisfied individual scrolls endlessly through social media and goes and does virtual reality, spends their life reading fantasy novels, watching fantasy films, glued to a box set. No well-adjusted, fulfilled, happy individual does that. If you cannot take enjoyment from the nature that is around you, from others who are around you, from being of service, from your own company, from the simplicity of doing the washing up or baking a loaf of bread. If you can't find joy in that and sustenance in that, something is very wrong. Pray, hope that it doesn't become your problem. Because if it does, those who have said, it's not my problem, it's never gonna happen to me, are the ones that will sink and drown. Pray that it never happens to you. But ask yourself this, what if it does? What if it does become your problem? What if it is you? Then what? You'd want someone to help you, wouldn't you? You'd want empathy, wouldn't you? What if it is you? The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Until the next time.